0: Welcome to OCD Whisperer Podcast, where we talk about all things OCD. The show is for educational purposes and is not intended to replace professional mental health care. Here's your host, Christina Orlova. Welcome to OCD Whisperer Podcast. I am your host, Christina Orlova. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist in the state of California and I specialize in OCD and anxiety disorders. I also have a mastering OCD uh, course on intro to ERP. And if you are somebody who is struggling with um, OCD and you don't quite understand how to use ERP or what it really is. Uh, my course is great for um, introduction and tests to walk you through the principles and concepts and have you actually start to apply those tools. Um, so you can check that out at mastering, uh, masteringocd.com. And today, what I want to talk to you about are three cognitive distortions. And what does that even mean? So cognitive distortions are essentially ways that people can start to have people can think about things in ways that are not very helpful. So this is something that um, is really um, known in the realm of cognitive behavioral therapy. One of the things in that style of therapy that we know is that people have unhelpful thinking styles. And some of the most common unhelpful thinking styles have been put together in this list known as cognitive distortions. And today I want to cover three specific ones. Um, and as it relates to OCD, so one of them is called um, the all-or-nothing thinking. Um, all-or-nothing thinking is also sometimes known as black-and-white thinking. Um, it's it's literally a negative thinking pattern that's very very common for folks who have panic disorder, depression, anxiety, um, and definitely OCD. So one of the things is that you need to understand what 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 is that. So all-or-nothing thinking, bottom line is when you essentially are having absolute terms, like things are always like this or they're never like that. Um, So when you have this kind of thinking pattern, basically it means that you are not able to see the situation from any other perspective. You can't see the middle ground. You can't see the gray zones. You can't see alternatives because you will assume that it will always be hard. Things will always be impossible. I will never rid of my intrusive thoughts you can even hear it and when we hear things like that um oftentimes people will really succumb to this belief that you know everything will be a failure um, and and that i will never be able to be successful and so what you want to start to recognize for yourself is when you're having this kind of self-defeating thought um And when you realize that your CD brain um, and really even just your anxiety brain is going into this all or nothing paradigm where everything is terrible, um, because (laughs) let's face it, reality is um, a lot of folks don't really tend to go into the place of everything is amazing and everything is great. Um, Sometimes people do, but generally people tend to live in that kind of negative bias, right? So if we're living in that negative bias, then one of the things is that happens is that we are not able to step back and look at the fact that we can be really hard on ourselves. We can be hard in situations. We can um, come up with these assumptions that, you know, everything is terrible. And so we actually don't practice enough of seeing, you know, strengths or of understanding that, you know, maybe a setback happened, but that that's not actually the end of the world. Uh, We're not able to have a better grasp of things, so what you want to do is one, work on catching yourself when you're starting to do a lot of this kind of thinking that everything's all bad, um, everything will always be bad, or I'm always at fault, I'm always a failure. Um, and when you start to notice yourself doing that, you you might want to start to practice seeing what is it like if I see this through a lens that can be a little more balanced. What would it be like if I actually practiced um, thinking in a more kind of realistic, balanced view? Can I maybe take, um, instead of looking at everything as all terrible, can I see any positives? Can I see maybe any other ways before where I thought something was going to be all terrible and then somehow actually got through it? So that's going to be one way to recognize and to work with that style of thinking. The next um, kind of unhelpful thinking style or cognitive distortion is known as emotional reasoning. And this is a massive one for folks with OCD because folks with OCD, you know, as soon as you strongly feel some emotion or some type of way, you immediately assume that that means it's this objective truth. But the fact is, you know... Just because I'm feeling something around a certain situation doesn't necessarily always mean that it's supportive of a fact or an or it's evidence of a fact. So, let's get a little bit into this. Um, what we want to recognize is we all use feelings and emotions as our barometer. We all we all use a feeling that kind of tells us to move forward. Like this feels good, that doesn't. Um, I like this person, I don't. Well, when you're having an OCD brain. And your OCD starts to turn on and goes, well, I don't know. Do I really like this? Do I really want this? Or maybe you're somebody who starts to go into this thought of like, well, um, I don't know. I don't feel like this is not OCD. This feels real. It feels like I want, like this feels like it's different. Um, you know, what What really starts to happen is we're getting kind of faulty um, we're starting to use our emotions in a faulty way. So we're not, first of all, having access to our full range of feelings. If you notice an OCD, it's not like you're having an intrusive episode and then you feel all giddy and joyful around it, right? It's not like you're like, well, yeah, I prefer this, right? When you're having a true intrusive experience and then your fight and flight or freeze response is triggered and you're now in that state of anxiety and you're perceiving things to be threatening, um, that state of those feelings tend to be really negative and heavy. Like I feel guilty. I feel anxious. I feel ashamed. I feel embarrassed. Um, I want to kind of, you know, avoid and run away immediately as a result of that. So when you're having those kind of feelings, because you're triggered by something and because something feels uncomfortable, and then you use those feelings to indicate, oh, well, this stuff must be true. You can kind of see where, when you start to create that association and link in your mind, that um, that can actually lead you to having more of that negative bias, more of of this kind of um, belief, and even convincing yourself of the fact that oh, this all stuff must be true because I'm feeling it. And so, with emotional reasoning, you you have to get really clear about, um, you know, when I have neg, specifically negative emotional mental states. What do I typically tend to feel in those states when I'm not in that negative emotional mental state, state, when I'm more of a baseline, what, what do I feel like then? How is my perception? So we want to be able to observe ourselves. Um, Being able to increase your awareness and ability to observe what's actually happening to you and what you're feeling and experiencing is an important aspect of getting better and healing in OCD. So you want to be able to pause and check in with yourself like, wait a minute, Um, am I having kind of this familiar feeling that I typically have when I'm triggered? Um, You know, am I... Do I typically, when I feel this way, immediately, you know, go into a negative place? Um, Do I, you know, am I able to ever kind of recognize something that maybe, you know, maybe it's not as bad as I thought? Maybe, Maybe once the intensity passes... And I look back, am I able to see maybe something else? So you want to inquire a little bit more. You know, emotional reasoning definitely comes up for folks with panic disorder and definitely OCD. And so, um, of course, any and all anxiety disorders. But definitely, you know, when we're talking about OCD as as well, we we want to kind of really name that, you know, feelings are great. But when we're constantly in a state of shame, anxiety, guilt, and so on, um, those are not necessarily our... Um, I would say true core reflective feelings of true objective truth. Those are feelings we're having because we're triggered. Um, Triggered meaning that something just happened that is upsetting and is making me now spin out. And I'm trying to figure out why I'm spinning out. And part of that spinning out process is because, again, your fight and flight response is activated. So your now ability to perceive objectively and clearly is not fully available to you. So you will start to misperceive things. You will perceive things as more threatening. You will perceive things as more like, oh, this this must be bad because I feel like it's bad. Um, And so oftentimes you do have to be able to engage that part of yourself to be able to step back and just observe what's actually happening to you and really allow yourself to trust in going through that feeling and letting the feeling go through you Without having to make it mean anything, just notice it's okay. Here it is. I'm feeling really crappy right now. I feel really anxious. Oh my like, God, I don't like this. Oh, and it's going to bother you. But when you sit with it for a day or two, see what happens. Does this, is it still as intense? Does it still bother you as much? You know, am I able to start to perceive things with a little more clarity, a little more objectivity? So emotional reasoning is a really powerful one that really gets folks with OCD very, very locked in to wanting to ruminate. So this is definitely an important, um, an important cognitive process to understand because again, usually, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, we're using an emotional reaction and we're reasoning with ourselves that because I feel this, it must be true And sometimes with OCD, even when you have, you know, information that's contrary to that, you still might not take that into account. Um, And typically people get stuck in their head and start to ruminate, um, you know, to try to figure this stuff out. So you want to be really aware of this type of, you know, cognitive process. And and what and how does this show up for you? And what do you do about it? and, And then start to you know, look at, like I said, giving yourself some space and time and see what happens if I just allow myself to sit with this, even though it's going to feel uncomfortable, but let me welcome that discomfort and sit with this and give it, you know, 24 hours and kind of come back and see what happens in 24 hours. Does it still feel as intense? Do I still see it the same way? So you're kind of like, you know, allowing yourself to kind of test this hypothesis out. Like, okay, I feel like this is all terrible, but let's see, is it really, um, And then the last um, distortion I want to talk to, and again, these are not by any means the only ones. These are just the three that I commonly see that I want to talk about today. So the last one that I want to talk about today is jumping to conclusions. So with uh, these last two that I mentioned, the fact is when you're having all or nothing thinking, when you're having emotional reasoning, it's actually really easy to start to jump to conclusions. And you can start to jump to conclusions without really having... Uh, full information. You might, you might, you know, be basing your information on limited, uh, limited, data, but you're going to, you know, make decisions really quickly, really rapidly. Um, and you're going to jump all over the place. And I'll be honest in my, 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 uh, current relationship, you know, my partner earlier on, I mean, I was all honest about that, you know, I have OCD and, and at one point I got triggered and I was kind of going all over the place and he kind of looked at me and he caught me and goes, he goes, okay, little jumper. And I said, what? And he goes, he's like, you're jumping to all these conclusions. I didn't even say this, or I didn't even do this, but you're you're already like all the way at this other place. And I kind of paused and I started laughing and I said, oh my gosh, you're totally right. And we both talked about how actually it's helpful for me that next time, if you see me doing that, can you just... Like, like say that again, like, Hey jumper. Um, and let's use that name because it made me laugh a little and it kind of brought, you know, paused, stopped me doing that behavior and made me actually aware of it. And the moment I became aware of it, I was like, wait a second. Yeah, you're right. What am I doing here? And I made a conscious decision to stop. So, um, you know, a lot of this, uh, like I said, healing with OCD, it really is about increasing your own awareness about yourself about how your mind works, about what do you do in response to it? What do you do in response to these feelings that you get that you don't like? Um, you know, and when you are um, at a much higher level of awareness, then you get to make conscious choices, so that you're not an autopilot and just kind of spinning your wheels and getting stuck, but that you're really bringing consciousness to this process. And and so with jumping to conclusions, you know, it's really really important to you know, ask yourself like, yeah, how do I do that? Do I do that? You know, am I trying to like, you know, predict some outcome in the future, which guess what? Pretty much everybody with OCD, we all do that. Don't we? We all kind of sit there and start to spin our wheels trying to predict what's going to happen in the future. Um, And usually it's because we're trying to see what bad thing is going to happen, you know, and how will, how, what can we do so that it doesn't turn out so bad or we're trying to, or we sometimes make these assumptions that we, um, know you know what other another person is really thinking um, without really having any actual evidence for it. So we'll we'll oftentimes jump to these conclusions with a lot of negative assumptions about oh this person must hate me or oh they must be thinking this oh the one or if it's relationship really city, oh my god they, they don't really love me or um, they want to leave me or um, you know so so we want to kind of recognize that jumping to conclusions when you're trying to when you think you are going to assume what you think the other person is actually thinking or you're trying to, you know, really kind of guess and predict, you know, some what bad thing might happen in the future. And then you're trying to prevent all that. Those are different kind of ways that we can be jumping to conclusions. So the goal here is to, again, increase awareness, start to track it, start to pay attention when you might be doing that. Um, and recognize that, you know, wow, if I'm if I'm like a little jumper here and I'm already jumping to what I think somebody else thinks, or I'm jumping to this bad outcome I think is gonna happen in the future, you know, is that actually beneficial for me? You know, can I maybe, you know, because I'm having anxiety, and of course I'm gonna assume already that maybe people are judging me or they all hate me or or that, you know, I can never get better, or, you know, or that my partner maybe really doesn't love me or whatever else, you know, can I, can I recognize that? Can I catch that? And once I catch it, um, can I actually reframe it? Can I kind of pull back for a second and go, wait a minute, am I actually... Like, am I actually truly able to really read this person's mind or am I actually really able to be this clairvoyant and predict the future? Um, Or is it that I kind of need to come back to here and now and look at what I actually is in front of me and realize like, hey, there's a lot of the stuff that maybe I actually don't know. Like I don't have that information and I'm not gonna know that because there's always a lot of different variables. And maybe what I need to do is learn how to Um, you know, once I recognize it, say, let me reframe this so that I can have more kind of accurate thinking and more accurate, you know, judgment of the situation and more accurately observe what actually is happening. Um, So that's just a a couple of tips about that. So those are the three um, ones that I wanted to share with you guys today on this episode. Um, Again, this is not by any means um all of the different distortions that can happen but these are definitely some patterns of thinking that people can be engaging in and even when they're you know mentally ruminating they might be ruminating in these styles so something to be aware of and to you know start to work on all right thanks for listening see you in the next one thank you for listening to OCD whisperer podcast To get additional support with OCD and have your personal questions answered, whether you were newly diagnosed, got through treatment and need help maintaining progress, or you can't afford treatment, visit Christina's on-demand Mastering OCD membership at MasteringOCD.com.